It's an Ask LOJ edition. 13 of your best questions you have from what's the in-season tournament to should we be tanking to Taylor Hendricks to the big question, what is the success? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today, Ask LOJ. You submit the questions. I've taken the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten best questions. I'm loaded. I actually have a bunch more if we run through them all from why didn't we tank last year? Taylor Hendricks, mood of the team. Kessler Collins. How's it different since Larry H. Miller passed? What are the mental errors that need to be fixed? Can we use Lowry the way they use Jokic? Should we trade for a point guard to lessen the burden on Keontae? And what is success? Were the 10 best questions I thought I got from you guys are awesome. Thank you to everybody who submitted a question on today's show. We will get to those. We are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. I'm dealing with a, um, for those of you watching on YouTube, we're dealing with a um, a uh, green screen kind of issue uh, virtual background of the FedEx forum and my head is disappearing, which is probably appropriate. Uh, thank you very much for all the, for you making lockdown jazz, your first listen of the day. And thank you for everyone who is an every day or to this program. We greatly appreciate it. We are free and available on all podcasting apps. I actually made a big change last night. I was a Google podcaster and they've stopped supporting it. And it's terrible now. So I switched to Castbox, which I thought was kind of great, but I also subscribed to like 300 podcasts. So it's kind of great. All right. Um, for those who did not hear yesterday's show, I, I sound a bit different because we're in a different hotel than usual and I am on a different floor than usual. I had a problem in my first room and I got moved. Um, and so I need to be quieter because there's people sleeping around me um, that are some of which may be players. Um, so I'm a little quieter than usual today, uh, which is funny because for those of you who there's a legendary kind of FM morning show host named Scott Fisher, uh, Todd and Fisher, Fisher and Todd, um, Fisher and Todd, dyslexia never killed, just confuses, uh, Fisher and Todd. And, um, he used to, he mentored me a lot when I was young and starting the career. And he always tell me I have, should do the show with one headphone off. So I'd stop yelling so much. I haven't stopped yelling yet. Um, but I'm trying not to today cause I don't want to wake everyone up and bother them. All right, let's get to your questions right away. Uh, today's show um excited to have you aboard thanks so much today's show by the way is brought to you by prize picks um so jump aboard and have a great deal of fun with prize picks it's a way to make the games a little bit more fun it's your daily fantasy answer to all sorts of fun and with the promo code locked on you get um all sorts of great little um additives additives not the right word for it but nonetheless today's show that's what you get like in your gasoline um you get like bonus bets is bonus dollars is really uh, what you get. Let's try it. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA. Use code lowercase for your first deposit match, which is an additive up to $100. Ah! So the first question I got was, I don't get the in-season tournament. Google. I, I don't. It's really cool. 
Um, I guess that's up for you to decide, but it's not that complicated. We started tonight against Memphis. I think this is exactly why the in-season tournament's great because you added something of interest to game. And for both these teams, Memphis comes in at one and something. We come in at two and seven and one and six and two and seven. And if either of us, whoever wins tonight, suddenly it's going to feel a little juice. Now they've already lost to Portland in the in-season tournament. And so they've already kind of screwed it up a little bit. But if we could get the win tonight, then we go play Portland Tuesday. Then we go to two and oh in beat Portland. And then all of a sudden we feel like, Oh wait, we're playing Phoenix for a chance. And that's the whole essence of the in season tournament. So it's, you know, if you don't really, if you truly don't get it, I kind of think you've chosen not to get it because we've been inundated with more information on it than there possibly is, but it's cool. Like tonight we play, um, there's five teams in our group play. We'll play four games, two at home, two on the road. Uh, the two at home will be Portland on Tuesday and the Phoenix on Friday. And then we'll go to Los Angeles. We'll play Phoenix one more time. It won't count. And then we'll play, go to Los Angeles for the fourth one. And so if we can win our first two, then we really have a chance. We have a chance to be in the eight, six groups advance. And then the two teams, um, one Eastern, one Western conference, get the at-large bits and eight teams then play a quarterfinal and the final four go to Vegas. Um, so super cool. Um, and the floors will have the purple floor on Tuesday and Friday, uh, which will be amazing. And then we'll see tonight's floor. It looks really kind of mellow. Um, and gray and kind of cool in Memphis. I saw the jazz practicing on it and I'll look at it uh, here. All right. The number one question that came in from multiple people and I, and I love the questions that came in. I got, and I got multiple questions on ask LOJ um, that were, so I just kind of sorted them out was, you know, should have we now, now the feeling should have we tanked last year? Um, it's a little bit of kind of a hindsight question in that, um, you know, you have to know what we would have gotten out of that tank, right? So like if we could have gotten Wemby and we really knew that we were going to tank and with the 16% chance. Yeah, certainly like Wemby's unbelievable. Um, I got three questions about what do I think of Wemby? Like, I think it's real and I think it's unguardable and I can't imagine what it's going to be. And I can't stop watching it. Um, and certainly, you know, we'll see what happens with Taylor in the next pick, but it does feel as though this draft had, um, I'm not totally sure sold on Jerese Walker who went before Taylor and there's one or two other players that went before Taylor that I'm not totally sold on, but it does seem like in the early going right now that the two Thompson twins are going to be able to make an impact. I don't know how they're going to shoot. So, um, you know, if we were just looking for talent in, in one setting, it, you know, Brandon Miller seems to be really good. Scoot is, it has great. Now Scoot is shooting 35% from the field and 9% from three. Like it's like, it's not good. I'm on, Thompson is shooting 41% and 18% from three. And Asur Thompson is shooting, you know, 40% and 17% from three. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a chance, you know, yeah, I guess if we want to, I, I don't know that I think that Kulabai and Walker and Anthony Black um, are necessarily answers that we wanted prior to the Taylor Hendricks draft pick. Um, so if we really wanted to tank it and be one of the bottom three teams last year, sure, we would have had better draft position. It just doesn't seem like it was particularly realistic for us to do last year when you had Mike Conley and Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt and a bunch of you know veterans who understood how to play the game on the roster, and it would have taken a colossal effort to do so. And I also think there was just a lot of really good value that was added last year to playing important games. Um and I also never thought this would be linear. Like the implication in should have we tanked last year is that we were supposed to last year was a stepping stone that was going to necessarily progress was necessarily going to be a step up by more wins this year. I just never thought that was the case. So I've always kind of thought that we would have this non, and that's actually how most rebuilds go. And you don't want to be Phoenix who like gets suckered into it um, along the way. So that that's, um, I guess that's my point is uh, yeah, sure. In retrospect, 
if we could have gotten Wemby, yes. Um, if was it worth 16%, probably, frankly, 20 teams in the NBA, knowing what they know about how their season ended last year and what Wemby is today, probably all wish they went 15 and 67 last year so that they could have had a 16% chance at this kid. It's just incredible. Uh, most second most common question I got was about Taylor Hendricks um, and what the timeline is and what we should expect out of the G League. I think he got 17 and 7 the other day in an exhibition game. They play their first game. I go watch the Salt Lake Stars would be the first thing because it's like a great way to see him and Bryce. Um, you know, and does the way does the jazz two and seven start change his timeline? Probably a little bit. Like if, you know, if we really we're pacing to win 20 games this year, if we continue to pace to win 20 games, I think it opens up the door for him to get some more minutes quicker. That could be, if they were rough might be okay. Um, you know, if, if he played right now, I think some of those minutes would be really, really rough. And you, you, you know, you're playing instead of other guys at, at some point, if you're pacing to win 20 games, then everyone's had their opportunity. They haven't done it. And you, I think are willing to let somebody else get out there who could have, and let him have some rough minutes um, and learn that way. Uh, but I do think the same thing that was important from the very first time I ever mentioned this, which created quite an outrage um, is that the G league super important for him. Um, and so what is it that we want to see out of him in the G league, which was the, one of the best questions about like, okay, instead of like when and da, 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 or, okay. So the first thing is he wants time. So like, let's get, see him play 30, 35 minutes a night and learn the speed of the NBA game. The G league game is faster. According to Micah Potter, which I thought was really interesting. Um, he understands all of our systems, learn it and get a lot of time out there. Cause frankly, you know, right now when he's with the team, he's not in either the first or the second rotation. So he doesn't get a lot of time. The second thing is I actually think he's adjusting positions. Like he played kind of a center power forward in college, which is very near the basket. I think he's going to be more of a three for us. Like I think ideally he becomes a three Lowry slides to the four. Um, and so I think he's got to learn a brand new position, how to defend that position, where to play that position, what the spotting on that position is from a defensive standpoint, secondary rim defense, which is his strength is very different on the pro level and the college level. Cause on the college level, you're coming from like seven feet cause there's no spacing. And on the pro level, you're coming from 22 feet. So I think you have to see him work on that. And then offensively, he just doesn't have much of a dribble game yet. So like learn those skills and then try them in the G league where people, if you go turn it over three or four or five times, no one's freaking out. Whereas if you do it in the NBA against the best defenders, it doesn't look good. So it's all development. So positional change, system, speed, skill. Those are the four things I think Taylor Hendricks is working on. And I think he gets them way better for 40 games or so in the G league at 35 minutes a night in the G league than he can at our level. And then, you know, look at where we are in January, February. And if in fact, we're still pacing to only win 20 games, then in January, February, you can decide, okay, then we think now we have the window. I think it's more advantageous for him to come here and play 25 or 30 minutes as rough as they might be. Um, and it's all part of the progression. He was certainly a late bloomer. Remember this time last year, there's no concept that he's going to be a top 10 pick or ever come out uh, for the NBA draft. So you have to remember that in him. Uh, what is the mood of the team? Have we officially decide that Kessler Collins doesn't work and how is the team different since Larry H. Miller passed? We hit all of those as we're just getting started here on Locked on Jazz, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. Got an email yesterday from teacher Ryan Danger. Field, who wants to go over and check out a Hyundai, and I'm going to get him set up with Cam over at Murdoch Hyundai and see if we can get him a VIP uh, meeting and get the setup to, so he can look at a Tucson hybrid. They're fabulous. Um, they have a combo. Some of them are combo electric and gas so that you, if you have a small commute, you're using electric all the time. If you have a long commute, you have the backup security of gas. It's kind of the perfect combination. Uh, it's all at Murdoch Hyundai, 80 plus years of the Murdochs in Utah and Hyundai, a great, amazing lineup of cars uh, coming your direction, uh, courtesy 
of Murdoch on at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. So please feel free to jump board. Send me an email like Ryan did so I can set you up with your VIP meeting over at Murdoch Hyundai and get you uh, the experience of the no regrets Murdoch experience that you deserve as a locked on jazz every day. Today's show is also brought to you by prize picks. Download the prize picks app, get in on the fun over at prize picks today. Uh, $100 in bonus bets for you. Courtesy of prize picks. When you use the promo code locked on NBA, what's great about daily fantasy of prize picks is the fact that you are not going up against other competitors. You're just going up against the numbers. You make your choice of what you think is the best and where you can get going. It's the easiest and most exciting daily fantasy sport that is out there. Battle Rather than battling fat pros and snakes, you can choose two or six player star projections and watch your winnings roll. Bowl in with the basketball season here. They now have special leagues which allow you to mix and match football and basketball if you'd like to. Um, they also have some celebrity picks as well. And they have the reboot deal, which is if your players, um, if any of your players get injured uh, and don't return after halftime, that you are, um, they'll take care of you on that. So it's all at Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy, and you get $100 in bonus bets with the promo code locked on. NBA, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America for a reason, because it's the easiest and most fun to play. It is Prize Picks. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers. It's been raining here for two days, and the sun just came out and is blaring down on me as I do the show. Let's see if that makes it any better. It did not. So we'll have to make another adjustment. All right. The next question that came in was, what is the mood of the team? Um. That's a really hard question, but a great one because I think it's what you want to know, and I think it's what I should be able to tell you. So, one, I will say they practiced yesterday, um, and shootarounds and practice have gone have started to go a little bit longer each and every day. Um, and so, you know, there's just a lot of teaching going on, and there's a lot of adjusting, and there's a lot of effort to try to um, become a little bit better right now than than we've seen so far. I'm um, so I think there's there's a level where there is some pressing going on on the team. I mean, they're not they don't like to, these guys are super competitive and they certainly don't like to to uh, lose games. Um, I talked to Kelly for a long time the other day and he just talked about how they just haven't like discovered themselves or found the continuity or trust amongst the group yet of each other. Um, that last year there was just kind of this amazing phenomena that happened that everyone came together. And they just kind of figured each other out. There were a lot of veterans who played and established themselves and kind of knew how to play the game. And for whatever reason, that has, hasn't happened yet this year. Um, I think guys are still trying to figure out who each other are and like who they like. Who's Keontae spending time with? Who's Walker spending time with? Who's Kelly spending time with? Um, you know, I saw uh, three of the guys out for dinner at St. Elmo's in Indiana the other night. So you're beginning to see that materialize. The, t- the franchise is done you know, did a lot to try to help with that. The Hawaii trip, getting everyone together. They've had team dinners together. So there's a lot of like forced action right now of trying to get these guys to come together and, and feel being with each other and, and build that continuity um, off the court. Um, And I just, and hope that it leaks on the court, but I think that's the, that's the mood of the team right now. I think there's just kind of a, obviously a frustration. These guys really, really like to win. They're super competitive. Um, And then I think on, on the next aspect of it is I think there's this element of um, trying to discover and figure out um, who each of them are and uh, where they 
and, and how they fit in with each other and, and what their togetherness is. So I think it's, you know, really there's discovery and then it's hard to do it and build trust inside losing. I mean, I think that's probably the hardest part of all this is how do you build the trust while losing? Have the decided that the Walker Kessler, John Collins experiment doesn't work uh, is the next question. Got this from a few people. So the numbers are, are gross, right? Like <laughs> I think it's minus 20 with the two of them on the court together. So I think we're still trying to figure out how to best use John and John didn't ever look comfortable at the four. Um, he's putting up decent numbers, but he didn't look comfortable and he didn't seem to quite have the spacing totally figured and some things of that nature for everyone to work together very well. Um, and then, you know, is that part of the reason why Jordan was struggling so much? And is that part of the reason we have such turnovers? Sometimes a lot of these turnovers, frankly, are passing A to B and dribbling A to B um, that I think need to get solved. Um, so I don't know that I would say that. I think the warts of the lineup were evident in the first eight games. Now it's only eight games. Um, and, you know, if other guys around them are playing better, does it get better? But they're you know, it only and really it's only one lineup, like 174 of their 221 possessions was the same starting five. So, you know, is that a comment that Walker and John didn't wasn't working or that the starting five wasn't working with Taylor and Jordan together? The, the, pretty hard to decipher, decipher which of those two. It, it, but minus 20 and 220 possessions is suboptimal. Um, I, I do think that there's an argument and I've, we've talked about this a lot on the show that John's going to be best as a backup playing backup center minutes. Um, and then, you know, let's say he gets 20 of those and Walker gets 28. And then where does John get his other eight minutes? I think he can do that in various different ways throughout the, throughout a game. And, but I do think that that's going to turn out to be the answer that even though his rim defense is, not his rolling is so good offensively. I think we'll see it over the next two weeks with Walker out that he and Keontae and, and others really find a way to play pick and roll with John Collins. That is, that is something that John does really, really well. Um, and frankly, Keontae runs it better than anyone else. So I think you'll see that. And then the question is, how does that assimilate? Now, can you run pick and roll with both of them on the floor and lack of spacing? Like one of the guys said, literally, is this Gobert and favors all over again? Not quite. Um, because neither Gobert or favors could dribble or pass and, um, or shoot. And John's shooting 38% from three, but no one's respecting it, um, is the bigger issue on that. So we'll see. Um, since Larry passed, this is Eric Oswald, only one I'm going to give a name on a question because I just thought it was great. How has the team passed? So the, the wonderful thing about the Jazz is I think it's still really clear that the stamp that Larry H. Miller and Gail Miller put on the franchise is still with us. Like, I think that's that's like, you know, do as much good as you possibly can until there's not enough good, until there's too much good done in the world, right? Like that was Larry's kind of slogan. I think that's still very true. Um, you know, Larry was one who will always support everything is, you know, just tell me how it helps us win. Um, and there was always a pride and energy and effort to the work that you put in every day by being part of the jazz, by being a part of Larry, being, that Larry and Gail were a part of. So I think that that actually, the beauty is that that culture and that core has still been, is still evident every single day, as least I can say as a, as an employee to the organization, how things have passed as we've modernized, like, um, and even from a sales front, like our organization is just doing amazing work. Like our sales um, and corporate sponsorship led by Chris Barney is through the roof. Like, I think we're going to be top 10 in the NBA in some of the things we do in like the 25th biggest market. Like at Ryan Smith, like insists we're not a small market anymore. Like, and, and that's because of just kind of amazing work that's been done 
in this organization. Our rankings in social media, in um, sales, in corporate sales, in ticket sales are ranked much higher under this ownership group than they were in the past. There's been a, a youthful modernization and I think guts um, and willingness to kind of go um, go push and and not accept where where we are as an organization in the pecking order that is new to this franchise um, since Ryan took over. At least that's my opinion. Um, and has been monumental. Um, you know, like Ryan uses the phrase community obsessed. Like I still, that's like, I feel that. I think that's true. Um, I really admire Ryan. Um, he's true to his word. And he, and when I, when I say someone's true to their word, this is my definition of this. People can say a lot of stuff. They can tweet stuff. They can say stuff. They can speak it. They can. Are you willing to have any pain with it? Are you willing to take the pain? So if you believe something and you think it's principally important and you're willing to do it, are you willing to take the pain with it? So let's take the TV stuff where Ryan literally said, like, we're going to give everyone in this access to the jazz. The idea that I have Will Hardy coaching as hard as he is, Danny Ainge and Justin working as hard as I am, the players working as hard. And, and we have a tremendous amount of people um, who are not going to be able, who don't have access to, to the team is insane. We're going to give everyone access. He's going to lose 20 million this year on that. That's pain. Um, there's some cultural and social issues that Ryan believes in very, very willingly. I'm sure he has walked into some awkward rooms um, since pushing, since being willing to support those items um, and be a part of those things um, that have led to some pain. Um, quite honestly, one of the most meaningful days to me about being in the Ryan Smith ownership group was the Pride Parade, something very dear to my heart. Um, and the jazz for the first time ever had a float in the pride parade. I, I'm sure Ryan had took pain for that. Unfortunately, shouldn't like, it's just supporting people and supporting love of, but for some people that's really hard to handle. And, um, you know, he was willing to support his employees that are part of the LGBT community and have a pray, be a part of that parade and support them as human beings in his organization. And I saw how meaningful it was to those individuals in our organization to be supported like that. And to other individuals who felt that and myself, I will admit it made it much like it mattered to me. It mattered to me as an organization. He, I'm sure he took pain for that. So I think there's a bunch of issues where I think I'm really admire Ryan for how principled he is. Um, and I think that the uh, origins and essence of Larry and Gail and who they are, are still at the foundation and cornerstone of who we are as an organization. I think it's wonderful. It's a great place to work. Um, you know, I have a new, I have new bosses who are amazing. Um, so personally, my life has actually been way better. Um, so, you know, it's great. Uh, and I think that, I think it's a really wonderful mix and it's what makes Utah so special. Uh, so great question, Ryan, Eric, uh, obviously personal to me and probably can answer it better than the mood of the team, right? Um, all right, we still got some left. What are the mental errors that need to be fixed? Lowry as Jokic, could we use him that le level? Should we be trading for a point guard to relieve the burden on Keontae George? And what is success this year? Those are all the questions. Still coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Jace Medical. Jace Medical is really, it's an interesting, innovative company that with all of the changes in the world and uh you know, whether it's pandemics, natural disasters, lockdowns, uh, 
home and place for safety, whatever it might be. Um, climate change, the world has got a level of uncertainty right now. And Jace Medical here to help you with this. Here's how Jace Medical works. You can go online right now to Jace Medical and receive a 12-month supply of your daily medication. You also can receive five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. So you go to Jace Case to fill out a simple online form and jump on a quick call with one of the board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care with your physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor-created, doctor-recommended. So don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. In fact, Jace has now added ED to their lineup of things as well. So you realize what that means. You can bring on extended travel, bring on the next natural disaster, supply chain issues, whatever it might be. That's probably a little much, but you're covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your genetics or your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or uh, whatever. And this is possible with our friends at Jace Medical. So go online right now to Jace Medical and receive a 12-month supply of your daily medication. And remember to use the promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. You can also buy a Jace card for someone you love as well. That's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E Medical.com to see. Uh, and remember to use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase let's continue with your questions thank you very much for making locked on jazz your first listen of the day remember tonight jazz grizzlies first game of the in-season tournament you can hear it on sirius xm the hometown broadcast available on all sirius xm broadcasts or if your sirius xm is connected to your smart speaker just simply say tell tell Alexa or google play utah jazz basketball on sirius xm what are the mental errors that need to be fixed so i think there's two there's defense communication issues that are just not up to snuff and we're just seeing the breakdowns on that there's three i would say there's defense communication issues and that's a little bit of that connectivity that kelly was talking about getting to know each other there's spacing issues too often guys are just not getting in the right space not understanding the spacing not understanding um the concept of the play that they're trying to be run and then the third one i think is putting is particularly on our guards is just putting themselves in bad positions, like just driving in the lane with nowhere to go, you know, seeing a little bit of what's going to happen for, you. and that might be physical, not mental, but it feels like there's just, they're, we're pressing. And so I'm going to add that as a medical, a medical, a um, mental aspect of things is that it's that we're pressing in a manner that's causing everyone to try a little too hard instead of like the beauty of what Keontae I think has done is he's kind of let the game come to him a little bit in a manner that's been super impressive considering his youth. And I think that there's something to that. I think that he, um, his ability to just kind of calmly go through the game and maybe even more reserved than he needed to the other day, as Will Hardy said afterwards, like there were four or five shots um, that he wished he had, you know, he could take uh, interesting question. Could we use Lowry like Jokic? So probably not. And here's why. Um, one is Jokic is the best passer in the game, and that's not a Lowry strength. Could we use Lowry more at like the nail or the elbow so that he's got one durable to make a play? I think you'll see more of that, um, particularly as we have better spacing. You can't really use Lowry at the nail or the elbow if he's on the floor with Walker or John because his defender will be right on him. But as if we have five out, I think you'll see Walk, uh, Lowry flashing to the elbow or the free throw line more to be able to make some plays. Um, from there. Um, the other one is that Lowry is better catching the ball on the move with an advantage than doing what we see Jokic do, which is Jokic is a standstill player, catches and then kind of surveys the scene from there. So those are the three reasons why I think they're they're different. But I do think your concept of maybe using Lowry in the high post um, is something we'll see more and more of.
Should we trade for a point guard to lessen the burden on Keontae? This is a really interesting question. Like a lot this season, you know, we, we have another two and seven stretch and we're four and 14. Certainly the season gets pretty high priority Keontae's development and what's best for him. Um, and then who is that point guard? Like, are you talking about like a, um, a DeLon Wright or someone who's just kind of there to settle him? There's some argument to that. I, obviously the Jazz thought so because they pursued Drew Holiday, right? So I'm, I'm assuming with Drew Holiday, you could have then put Keontae George next to him to lessen that burden a little bit. And Drew really is probably an off the ball. You're seeing he plays off the ball for Boston. Derek White's their point guard. He's not truly a true point guard, but he's another ball handler that lessens the burden. Um, and I think Jordan's going to be able to do that as well with the veteran aspect. Jordan's such a smart player. And I think that you'll be able to see Jordan actually do some of these things for Keontae. So before we decide, like, oh, we should trade for a point guard to lessen the burden on Keontae and help him develop, like, let's make sure that um, that Jordan's not actually as good a choice as anyone there. I mean, I know Jordan's inefficient offensively and has been turning the ball over, but just kind of a leadership and mentor and um, basketball smarts and ability to handle ability to pass. He's, he's pretty high on those scales. Um, so I would, I would say that that might be it, but it's a really good question and a possibility. And the final and last question of the day, which might be the most important is what is success? So I'll be honest. I don't feel like the two and seven start has changed what success is. Um, I thought there was a chance that we could try to battle for the 10th or 11th spot to play in. Vegas didn't, frankly. Vegas, remember, we did a show where we were 11 games off the play-in, according to Vegas. Um, and, you know, I don't know that I think playing for the 10th, try to get the 10th play spot, I would have loved to call it. I would have thought it would have been totally awesome. Um, actually would have been something that, like, defined success of the season. So I think we're in a long journey from the day we, remember, we're still, like, just 16 months off trading Donovan and Rudy. And I think we're in a super long journey in developing players, developing a system, Will Hardy putting in who he is and finding the pieces and figuring out which pieces are part of our future and frankly, learning which aren't. And that's probably equally as important. So to me, the first thing on success is frankly, nothing catastrophic injury wise that sets back our franchise. Um, and the second one is probably trying to figure out one or two pieces that are and one or two pieces that aren't a part of where you are moving forward. Um, you know, the first thing we have to figure out if we're going to use the Nuggets now as the model since they won a championship, it's like, who is our Jokic and who is our Jamal Murray? And then can we pick up a Michael Porter along the way? And then every other player on that roster was turned over. Every other player on that roster was turned over on their way to a championship. Um, now, getting a Jokic is a really, really big deal. Um, but that's, I think, what we have to try to figure out is, and, you know, over some time here, and, you know, you're not necessarily making a decision at the end of the year. One of the most interesting studies by Kevin Pelton was kind of this thing where if you just tried to ignore when season started and ended and continued to look at development by months, and it's a really good way to look at it. We all look at it, you know, obviously night to night because we want to win tonight in the in-season tournament. And then we look at it like, well, the beginning and end of a season, that's how it feels to us, but actually development kind of just continues through the row. The row. Um, so to me, the two and seven start hasn't really changed to me what success is in this season. Um, I think there was like a level of excitement to be fun, but I don't think anyone thought we were competing for a championship. I don't think anyone really thought we were going to be a sick top six playoff team with, you know, to be able to make the playoffs outside the play in. Um, I think only us in Utah thought we could possibly compete for one of the play in spots because Vegas and nationally, no one picked us to do that. Not a single person anywhere. Um, so when you kind of look at those three things, this start doesn't change to me what success is. And frankly, making the play in would have been fun for us as fans, but I don't know that it would have actually changed 
the same thing. So I think it's development of skill, development of system, and finding which pieces fit and which pieces don't. Just as fun as ever. Jazz and the Grizzlies in-season tournament tonight. We'll, Ron and I will be on the call starting at uh, 6 o'clock your time. Look forward to having you with us. Thank you very much. Remember, you can catch it on SiriusXM. This has been the Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is part of your team every day.